quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Can you dig it? Oh, yes, guy. Certainly can. Welcome to episode 105, or as we like to say in the business, Yes Guy 105. Jim Taddy, Perry Lefko with you. And we close out the 2022 season. Final show of the year. Perry, where did that year go? It went by really fast, but we celebrated our show 100. That was great. Yep, absolutely. Coming up in the broadcast very shortly, Frank Ziccarelli from the Toronto Sun, Mark Farah, who is a hockey historian and known as Toronto Maple Leafs guy. No infringement. I checked with the lawyers. He's okay. Then Dean Romani from Safebridge Market Solutions and Charles Park Managing Broker, Remax Realty Services Incorporated in a special sort of uh, real estate house buying mortgage uh, segment. And, of course, we ended off with a robust yes guy, no guy to close out the year. If you are an experienced real estate agent looking for comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park Managing Broker, Remax Realty Services Incorporated Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring. For a confidential interview, call Charles at 647-292-8886 or contact him via email, charlespark at Remax. Net. When you go to fox40shop.com, you will find the Fox 40 Titan, Fox 40 Coaching Boards, the Fox 40 Electronic Whistle, producing 100 decibels at the push of a button. Go to fox40shop.com, use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. For over 35 years, you have been reading Frank Ziccarelli and the Toronto Sun, started with pro wrestling, now does the Argos Raptors, and whatever he wants, I would suggest. Zick is with us now. Zick, how are you, sir? Yeah, what a pleasure, Jim, to be with such a broadcasting luminary such as yourself. <laughs> I thought you were going to say lunatic. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Barry, jump in. You, you guys are you guys are, are warriors in crime, are you not? Yes, so, and I have to I'm say, say that's your that's your lunacy best describes Terry. Okay, Franklin, lighten up, man. When I, Jim, when you told me you had Frank Ziccarelli booked for this show. I know you went deep into your contact list, and I got to say, I was impressed. There wasn't anybody in the print media business that I admire more than Franklin. And how does that feel, Franklin, when I said that? Well, you're just being frank. What can I say? <laughs> quite, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bumped into him at a Raptors game. I hadn't seen him for, what, three years? The last time I saw him was at a CFL game, and we had a nice conversation. And he, he begged me to come on the show, so, so here we are. Actually, I was impressed with your uh, sartorial splendor, Jim. Who uh, <laughs> who dressed you? Who dressed you, by the way? It was on a trial. I, I had to get it back soon. <laughs> no, nah, you look good. You look dapper. You look dapper. <laughs> so, Zick, I mean, how much of a surprise is it for you that the Argos won the Grey Cup? You know what? I wasn't terribly surprised, Jim, because they, they actually play the uh, the Bombers quite well. They match up well because the Argos were, uh, were a physical team. They had that downhill presence with uh, Andrew Harris, A.J. Ouellette, and McLeod. McLeod is one of those vexing quarterbacks. When he's good, he's good. When he's bad, he's bad. And I don't think he made many plays, to be honest, when you look back at the Great Cup. But their defense, their defense was good, and uh, it was very reminiscent of the, the 2017 Great Cup, where they were extremely opportunistic, and they just uh, capitalized at the right time. 
Well, to quote the late, great Don Matthews, uh, how many great cups have you won that makes you such an expert on, on the Argos and CFL in general? You know what, Terry? I'm, I'm surprised it took you that long to evoke the, uh, the memories of the Don. What an interesting man, to say the least. Frank, you evoke sartorial. Any other big words you want to throw out there just to dazzle the audience? Nah, it's just kind of early in the morning. My faculties aren't running at full function right now. <laughs> All right, Frank. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. Thank you, Terry. <laughs> what do you make of the Raptors? Oh, Jim. I, I think they're a very, very uh, overrated uh, team as currently constituted. They uh, <laughs> they have a they have a they have a good good piece in uh, Siakam. They potentially have a piece in uh, Barnes, but he he can't shoot the basketball. And last time I checked, a big part of the NBA, especially today's NBA, is shooting the basketball. So I'm just wondering whether Masai decides to uh, make an in-season move, which he's not really known for, or if he he decides to wait, be patient, and see what the offseason – because they're not going anywhere, Jim. They're not going anywhere this year. Well, Frank, how many Larry O.B. trophies have you won now that you're an expert on basketball? <laughs> I actually have four replicas in my, uh, in, in, my, in, my, in my bedroom. Back in the day, the NBA would uh, give the, uh, the media covering the NBA Finals these, these replica Larry O'Brien trophies, which were pretty cool at the time. And now it's kind of like a keepsake, and it, uh, it's kind of like a – a touch point when you look back at your career and you go, wow, I was around when this happened and it's been, it's been quite the ride. <laughs> well, I mean, let's go back. I mean, 35 years you started with pro wrestling. What, what's been your favorite assignment or, or maybe it's not one, it's a couple of them. Well, true, true story, Jim. So Terry, Terry can vouch for this. So, uh, the bombastic Baron, George, <laughs> He, uh, well, who is the Baron? Tell people who he is. Well, I, George Gross was a legendary uh, sports figure in Toronto, the first sports center of the Toronto Sun. He was an icon. He, uh, he called us into his office and he told us that the, the Toronto Sun was going to publish on a Saturday and he needed something to be uh, different than the rest of the paper. So I thought, wrestling. And I and, and again, Terry can vouch for this. It became so hugely popular. At one point, the Sun actually chartered a Lear Jets to go cover WrestleMania Four in Atlantic oh. City. It was it was amazing, Jim. And and one quick story was, I got to know Jack Tunney quite well. So Mr. President would uh, get me access to the uh, to the locker room at Maple Leaf Gardens. And one day, Macho Man was a champion, and he was allowed to dress in the board director's lounge, which was a big, big deal back in that era. So I'm, I'm about to interview the Macho Man. He's getting ready. Oh, yeah, wait. So he summons Elizabeth. So she comes out, this very demure, diminutive lady, and she gives me a kiss on my cheek. And I don't think I've, I don't think I've washed my face since. <laughs> Frank, Frank, Frank. <laughs> i got to tell you, Jim, one of the stories with, I share with Frank is that he was interviewing a wrestler named John Nord who went by the title or the, the ring name of the Berserker. And I'm sitting there 
watching Frank interview this guy who's very much in character. And I'm thinking like, this is bizarre. Like, Frank, how do you interview these, these wrestlers who, I, who like I said, are, are in character, but otherwise are just they're normal people? Well, Perry, you gotta understand. Like back back then, I mean, the, the times were uh, were much different. I think they're a lot better. There's no social media, which I'm not anti-social media, but uh, to me, it's a bit of an oxymoron. I'm not sure what 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 the social part of social media is. So back then, they were just like good guys. They weren't making a lot of money, and again, it was very very helpful when someone like Jack Honey would tell them that. Hey, there's this kid, Frankie. He's not going to ask you real questions about your real life. So you, you just perpetuated the wrestling myth. So it was quite the, quite the times. And again, it was very, very incredible how the paper would fly me across North America. And it was quite the, quite the journey. Yeah, one of those journeys you and I and a couple other people went to, I believe it was Buffalo, to watch a wrestling card there. And... We enjoyed ourselves going up there, uh, partaked in a way that was safe. But when I got there, I went into the bathroom and I came out and there was Percy Pringle, who's like the Undertaker's manager. And I was so happy to see him. And he looked at me and he goes, what's your problem? And I'm thinking like, what's my problem? You dress up like an Undertaker. When I told you that story, Frank, what were your thoughts about it? Well, first of all, I was at the Niagara Convention Center and... uh, Percival Pringle was a real-life mortuary, and that, that moment was one of those, uh, one of those etched in, in memories, Terry. You were basically defrocked by this, by this manager who, who kind of like, he didn't have to go out of character because he was, he was a real-life mortician. And The Undertaker, at that time, was one of these burgeoning characters that McMahon was trying to mold and you know, I mean, people should know that this, this character lasted for like 30 years, which is quite phenomenal given the fickle nature of wrestling. Well, I mean, let's go back. You guys have had to be partners in crime. There's got to be a story that uh, maybe you haven't told on the air that's okay, still Okay, here we, here we go. Okay, Frank, <laughs> go ahead. You set it up for you. I wasn't going to mention it, but go ahead. Well, which one? There's like a, there's like a catalog of. Uh, well, we'll go with the, we'll go with the Sun Party, okay? At oh, Center man. Island. Well, it wasn't it wasn't oh. it was it was like a, it was like one of those uh, in-house slow pitch games, Jim. And uh, <laughs> we didn't have we didn't have a Saturday paper back then. And, and one one of these interns, whose father was a, a Labatt executive. So needless to say, the booze was flowing freely, and it was a hot day. The next thing you know, I mean, I'm half in the bag. We end up another. We, we go to another bar. Perry has a brand new car, and he uh, volunteers to drive me part way home. I don't think we. I don't think we made it very far. Where I basically uh, got ill, dare I say, and uh, you know that it was. It was quite. It was quite a moment. Yeah, Frank, I said to you, if you feel sick, just let me know. We'll pull over. Next thing I know, I'm looking at the guy. He's tossing up his cookies in my car, and I got a brand-new car smell. Uh, And, Frank, it was Southern Comfort. You don't even know the story. You just drank Southern Comfort. So your, your your mind has perished, okay? 
no, I knew, I knew it was Southern Comfort. But you know what? When nature calls, nature calls. <laughs> we're, we're at the mercy of Mother Nature. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jim, you asked for it, okay? That was, that's yeah. the story that I remember. Uh, okay, so let's end on this. Frank, what's the worst? And, and, you know, you could come up with your own definition for worst sporting event you were ever at. Wow, Jim. The worst sporting event I was ever at. You know what? There was always something good you could take out of anything, even though maybe there was uh, disorganization, mismanagement. Uh, that's, hard, that's hard to say what the worst was. I mean, there was a, there was a Raptor game. The very, the, actually, the very, very, very first Raptor game was at the Metro Convention Center in Halifax. It was a preseason tip against Philadelphia, and it was quite chaotic. I mean, they had, they've never hosted a, an NBA game before, and, uh, and they didn't know where to sit the media. The locker rooms weren't well-equipped to handle seven-foot basketball players. But again, what happened that game was Oliver Miller punched Sean Bradley. So the very, very first Raptor game ended in a suspension, and Oliver didn't, didn't play in the uh, home opener at Skydome when the uh, Raptors beat the uh, New Jersey Nets. <laughs> That's a start. Well, I'm going to get Perry. The, Perry, you must have something that you want to reminisce with Frank about on the way out. I have nothing I want to say to Frank, except I'm never going to have <laughs> you in my car again if you're, if you're drunk or imbibed or impaired. And having said all that, you and I and Jim are, are very close to Ron Foxcroft, so... Maybe you could just give a shout out to Ron Foxcroft, you know, mention like Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, whatever you want to say. Well, Perry, Jim, Foxy, Foxy's a legend. And I mean that in the truest sense. He's a great humanitarian, great father, grandfather, just a great, great, great man. And I got nothing but the highest praise about Foxy. Just salt of the earth guy. Loves his tie cat, loves his family. He's a great golfer. But Jim, I'll tell you something. Between you and I, and all the millions of listeners, he's still he's greeted by the fact that you all drove him. But he got, he got one up. He got one up on the foxy. Four holes in a row, and on the fifth hole, his ball screamed for help when he hit it. Unbelievable. That's awesome. That's awesome, Jim. <laughs> Sick, have a great Christmas. Thanks for your time. You too, Jim. Take care, Perry. See ya. Thank you. And speaking of Ron Foxcroft, when you go to fox40shop.com, you will find hockey products like the Fox 40 Call, the Fox 40 Super Force CMG. Don't forget to pick up a copy of the 40 Ways of the Fox, Ron Foxcroft's inspirational book for new entrepreneurs and business veterans alike, fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. If you are an experienced real estate agent looking for comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park Managing Broker, Remax Realty Services Incorporated Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring for a confidential interview. Call Charles at 647-292-8886 or contact him via email, charlespark at remax.net. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Welcome back to Yes Guy, the radio show. Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. 
Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, BraleyAdvisors.com. With 31 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Master your game strategy with Fox 40 coaching boards available for basketball, hockey, football, and more. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. We welcome in now uh, memorabilia collector referred to as the Maple Leaf super fan, Mark Farah. Mark, how are you today, sir? Hey, guys, I'm great. How are you guys doing? Very good. Uh, so, I mean, tell us about, first of all, your, your collection and how all this started. <laughs> well, I've got a rather interesting story. So uh, being a huge Leaf fan going down to the gardens as a young boy, I unfortunately came in ties with uh, a, an usher at the time by the name of John Paul Roby, uh, who was later found uh, uh, guilty of sexually abusing young boys. And I unfortunately was one of those victims. And so some of the greatest memories that I have of the gardens are um, sitting in the stands with my dad in section 67 row F seats one and two watching games. Uh, and some of my worst were underneath what took place in, in uh, in some of the areas underneath. So I, I really wanted to focus on um, the lack of attention that I feel sometimes uh, the team is, has put into the history of the team. And so my dad had brought home uh, one time, I collected hockey cards like, like we all did as a young boy and had a ton of them. But my dad brought home a game used Greg Terry. I don't know if you remember Tubby Terry who played uh, yep. back in the eighties with the Maple Leafs and uh, you know, was a, was a hustle. was a guy of hustle anyways. And, so my dad brought home a stick, and I thought it was absolutely amazing that you could own uh, something that the player actually used. And from there, it just kind of grew until uh, one day I had a friend uh, who works with uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment with the real sports, uh, Brandon Marsh, had asked to come over and see my collection. Uh, he had heard about it, and when he walked in, he was blown out of the water. I kind of called it my personal, uh, you know, my, my, my fun junk. And uh, he was blown out of the water. Um, and I just, I, I think it was probably subconsciously a lot of the fact that John Paul Roby had promised me a whole bunch of stuff and never came through. And so my goal down the road here is, is to use this to help raise awareness for boys that have been sexually abused. And, and hopefully we can do a good thing with it. And that's kind of my goal. Okay. I, obviously, you know, that, that's a very serious subject. So um, do you feel that enough has been done here? What, what do you want to do to move this thing forward? Well, I mean, as a young boy, there was always you know, finding a therapist or getting people to help out are very limited, very hard to get. And, and again, as a boy, it was always a, you know, you're, you're, you're a boy, you'll get over it. And uh, I think that people um, have taken significant strides in, in, in today's ability and in, in in how we've gotten a lot smarter as a community has definitely taken some strides. But I still think that there's a lot of people that have a lot of stories still to tell that uh, haven't come out. And I think there's a lot of things that we could still do just to make sure that we're aware you know, going to the hockey rink was a safe place, and I'm sure you guys would, you know, admit that growing up, it was a safe place to go to. You'd drop your kids off or you'd go to as a kid, and nobody thought of anything happening. And, and, and so we need to make sure that we're aware of, of our surroundings and just continuing to educate uh, educate people and what, you know, things to look for and things to do and not to do and, and how to work together as a community, right? Our social social network is the strongest based out there right now. So hopefully we can find some angles to, to kind of hit it up with and continue to move forward. Well, Mark, I think it's a noble and maybe even brave to be so upfront about what happened to you. And I think it's also interesting that you were able to take a very negative experience and turn it into a positive experience, you know, with, with your collection and what that means to you. Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's something that you definitely, 
um, you know, it's definitely affected my life in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm lucky enough to be marrying my best friend at 50 years old. And unfortunately, I'll never uh, be a biological father because it just took me a lot longer to grow up than the average person. And it's funny because a lot of my friends still don't know what I went through, even though I'm as open as what I, as I am about it. And, and so, you know, the opportunity to, to be able to tell a story and listen, we all have our own story, right? Everybody's got a story and, and, and there's a lot of people that have had a lot worse experiences, I'm sure. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's something that I just, I feel so strongly that we could always improve on and, and the ability that we have to communicate with each other now back in as like we did back in the day can certainly help uh, that those things move forward. So I, I feel very lucky and fortunate in so many ways, even though I've lost out on a lot of things, but I feel very fortunate and lucky and, and I've been able to make some great friends out of it too. So, you know, we'll continue to move forward and, and have some fun with it. Yeah, you know, I'm just sitting here processing all of this, and the one thing that jumps off the page uh, is, uh, you know, when you have, uh, if you go back in time, that that, that was a time of uh, blind trust, which is which no longer exists, and that's one of the reasons why it doesn't. So, in terms of the collection, uh, you know, you you started with the cards, you had up to a hundred thousand cards at one point, and then you you switched off into other areas. Yeah, so so I just found that, um, and whether it was done, done uh, subconsciously or not, um, because, you know, going back to those days, John Paul Roby had promised me the world, to come down to the rink, come down to here, come down to there, and, and I'll make sure we get you this and get you that. And it never came true. Um, nothing ever came uh, to fruition. So I, I guess over the years, perhaps, I just started collecting as maybe like a subconsciously, like, stick it to you for not being there for me and I guess it, the collection just kind of grew and I, I love the fact that you could own things that were like one of a kind that that player used or that player had had touched and, and used in a game and I, I think it was just fantastic that you could have those items that were so unique and so rare and yeah so you know having over you know over between 150 and 200,000 sports cards at one point you know being able to take some of them and I didn't I, I thought it was kind of cool the cards but the fact that I owned you know, 12 Gretzky rookie cards and my friends also owned Gretzky rookie cards. They weren't one of a kind, but to be able to own a Dave Keon game worn sweater from the late sixties was something that nobody owned. And so I love that. And, and that Jersey had a story behind it and whether it's the Ron Ellis, you know, 1967 photo match Stanley cup uh, sweater from the finals where it's found with a gentleman who's, who got it while playing with the Tulsa Oilers and was painting his house in it. Or we talk about the Bill Barocco wreckage, or we talk about anything like that. All of this stuff has a story, and my goal is to to try and keep the stories of this alive, combined with my story, and uh, really help to keep the history. And you know, one thing we talk about with the Toronto Maple Leafs is they may not have won the most cups, but they have the most interesting stories. And whether it's the Bill Barocco story or the Bobby Bond breaking his leg, or you know, whether it's Dougie Gilmore losing weight while he's wrapping around goals and against Cujo and you know, there's so many stories with this franchise that others just can't match. Is there any item? I know you, I haven't been to your house, but I, I saw a story that's like four rooms full of memorabilia. Is there something on your wish list, on your bucket list that you'd like to get? Well, um, you know, I think the only thing on my bucket list that I'd like to get, I've, I've been able to have some of the privileges, and that's some of the alumni just show their appreciation to what I'm trying to do and just give me their 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 approval for what I'm trying to do. And I've been lucky enough to have guys like Frank Mahovlich and Bobby Bond and Jim Gregory before we lost them. And I afraid he's become a, a good friend. And, and some of these guys that you talk to, um, you know, it's, it would just be great to have their approval and know what I'm trying to do. It's not about making money. I'm not looking to make any money off of it. 
I'm just trying to help keep uh, some awareness and, and, and keep the history of this team alive. I, I feel like the team has done a, a better job of keeping the history together by showing videos and, and pictures on the walls in the gardens, but I still feel like it's a real lack that they're missing. Um, when you go to Fenway Park and you can walk into a room and see a baseball signed by every single World Series team in history or you know, go to Yankee Stadium or even a lot of the hockey arenas that you go to and you can actually see the the equipment that players wore or jerseys, I think that that to me is something that, that the fans don't get to see enough of and really lack uh, overall. Mark, uh, obviously a lot of Leaf fans are still uh, processing the passing of Boreas Salming, and I, I know that uh, you were part of uh, the, the movie that's being made on him. So take us through that experience and, and what your role was and, and how that worked for you. Uh, it, you know what? It was an unbelievably incredible incredible experience. I was reached out and I was I contacted um, uh, to find out that I had one of the nets that was used in Terry Sockshuk film that was actually from Maple Leaf Gardens and was just found on Wood Street behind the gardens years ago. And I had, I had uh, purchased it a number of years ago and uh, they wanted to use it for the movie. And when they came over, they realized um, how much stuff uh, I had from Maple Leaf Gardens and from the Maple Leaf. So um, they had immediately asked me if I would, if I would be considered, like if I would consider helping them when it came to the designing of the leaf jerseys and, and some of the other stuff with sticks and game pucks and, and a lot of the props in the movie, whether it be the nets or trunks in the dressing room or signs and stuff were either, either designed or actually my own uh, pieces that were used in, in the movie, which I thought was fantastic. But the passion that they have to try and deliver, I mean, it's going to be a five part series. I believe it's five parts that they were talking about potentially making it a six part um, that's going to be aired in Sweden, and hopefully someone will pick it up so we can get the chance to enjoy it here. Uh, but really focusing on a, you know a young man who loses his dad at the age of five, and and really grows up and and becomes such an innovator for the, for the game and for the Europeans coming over, the European influence from Sweden. But the passion that they had in trying to illustrate and and, and really hit home on every point, uh, whether it was the, the cut on the face or the sticks and the and the way that they were labeled or the game pucks with the stickers and, and they really focused on trying to trying to capture all the details uh, so much so they even filmed a portion of it kitchener's memorial auditorium because obviously the auditorium was you know the the architects are believed to be the same ones that worked in maple leaf gardens and, and you know it's it's actually looks like maple leaf gardens when you walk in there what an amazing arena and so they didn't have a lot of time when they came down they were really only given a few weeks to prepare before filming started so uh, to watch a group of people um work as hard as they did and as diligently as they did to try and really hit home as many of the points as they could uh, was unbelievable. And when you look at the players and, and hopefully we will get a chance to see it here, like, like Sittler looks like Sittler. When you look at Jim McKenney, it's like you really feel like you're being taken back in time. I mean, I wasn't able to cut my hair for the better part of three months because I had to have the perfect uh, Carrie Fraser, Bruce Hood type haircut for back then. But, you know, you're watching a, a lot of these, these, the intricate details um, and in particular that they're doing like a dream scene of Borea where he, he kind of wakes up and he's in a dream and he's dreaming about all the former players like Tiger Williams and Sittler and all the guys that he played with that are now on other teams. And, and the, the details they tried to put into it are phenomenal. And I, I'm really excited to see the finished product because uh, you could just definitely see their passion and what they were trying to do and trying to hit home with everything. Mark, what would it mean to you to see the Leafs win the Stanley Cup, whether it's this year, next year, or in your lifetime? Well, let's hope it's, let's hope it's in our lifetime. I mean, it, you know, we've been kind of become the lovable losers, almost like the Chicago Cubs of, the, of hockey. 
where people love us, but they love to rub it in that we haven't won in, in so many years. So I, I think that what it would mean to me to see them win a Stanley Cup, I, I mean, just to be able to share that experience with my friends and, and, and the fans of, of Toronto and, 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 you know, just share that excitement and kind of put it behind us after, you know, watching teams like Montreal and some of the other Canadian teams, especially winning Stanley Cups. It, it, there's no words that would describe it. I think that the entire portions of the country would shut down. And I mean that literally, because you look at where, you know, the original six were right across country. I mean, there's, there's Leaf fans right from Newfoundland to even in Vancouver. Yes. Of all places, Vancouver, there's Leaf fans out there as well. So I think it would just be amazing to share that experience with so many passionate fans. When you watch the Leafs now, Mark, do you feel that they've taken the next step? I mean, they battled through adversity. They had a great November, continues on into December and, and they've succeeded without some key pieces. What do you think of this? Well, I think it represents, I mean, everybody wanted to get rid of our coach a a couple of months ago and, you know, everybody's been ready to throw Nylander and everybody under the bus. And when you watch our top four right now and and you watch the the depth of the commitment to playing a smart style of hockey, um, you know, their commitment to defense. I mean, you're watching Austin Matthews and some are complaining about the fact that he's not hitting the same numbers he has in the past, even though he's still ahead of those numbers compared to last year at this time. You know, his attention and, and, and watching some of these guys, their attention to detail and making sure that they're taking away lanes and, and not allowing guys a free path to the net and, and, and just playing a much more responsible game. Uh, this team, to me, seems like it, it's not concerned about winning individual trophies. It, it looks to me like they're about as ready to win the big one as we've seen since this group has been formed in 2016-17. So I'm really hopeful about that. And our goaltending. Uh, just looks phenomenal right now, doesn't it? But you know, it kind of kind of makes you think. You know, you can't look back to Johnny Bauer and Terry Sawchuk, but when you have two goalies that are as reliable as these two are, when's the last time you've had two that have been as consistent and reliable as we've seen in the first half of the season? You have to go back in the '70s, maybe with Jacques Plante, Bernie Courant. That's a long time ago. Is there anything in your collection that in any way resembles the Stanley Cup? Well, I mean, that resemble. I mean. The Stanley Cups of the past. I mean, we've got um, the puck that Bill Barocco scored the, the goal in '51 with, and, and the ring that Barocco unfortunately never got to see. And uh, Rita, my fiance, and I've got to spiritually present that to his grave a couple of years ago before the pandemic, which was unbelievable. And the Donahue story um, about the puck is just unbelievable as well. But I mean, we've got Stanley Cup trophies and rings from the '40s right up to the '60s, and. Uh, you know, there's so much in there. But the Stanley Cup, uh, also, the, if we're relating directly to the Stanley Cup, it would have to be the Barocco uh, exhibit that I've got with the wreckage um, that he unfortunately lost his life in. Uh, but the whole, it's about uh, its about 400 pieces of Barocco uh, history tied into that. Uh, combined with that uh, Ronnie Ellis number, uh, you know, number six sweater that he wore, or sorry, number eight sweater before he became number six. Um, and the fact that that was the last time we got to see a Stanley Cup here. So lots of hope, lots of hope for sure. Mark, really appreciate your time, and thanks for being uh, open and sharing with us. Really appreciate that as well. Absolutely. Yes, Guy. I'm so thankful for you guys having me on, and uh, I'm so thankful for the opportunity. And uh, nothing but the best holidays, and, and go Leafs go. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one 734 3055 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. With 31 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money and get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Well, let's talk about advanced planning, your life, your say, your tribute, and your way. 
Turner and Porter Funeral Directors. Let's start a conversation. Visit turnerporter.ca. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes Guy, the radio show, master your game strategy with Fox 40 coaching boards available for basketball, hockey, football, and more. Use the code Yes Guy checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean or go to SafeBridgeFinancial.com or give him a call at 416-885-1761. And as I mentioned earlier, if you are an experienced real estate agent looking for comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park, managing broker, REMAX, Realty Services, Incorporated Brokerage, contact Charles at 647-292-8886 or via email charlespark at remax.net. And Charles and Dean are with us now. Welcome, guys. How are you today? Hey, Jim. Doing good. How are you? Good. Charles? I'm right here, and thank you for having us on. Oh, our, our pleasure. So, I mean, obviously, it's the Christmas season. Maybe people aren't thinking about uh, getting a mortgage or buying a house, but let's do the state of uh, both markets. So, Charles, how's the real estate market now? Well, Jim, I'm pleased to announce that uh, for people who are sitting on the fence, uh, my prediction is, is that we've kind of bottomed out uh, with this, uh, I, I guess you could call it a recessionary period. Uh, I think the interest rates uh, increases are going to subside, uh, and I'm sure Dean will concur with me on that point. But uh, let me give you some numbers. Uh, as long as we're comparing ourselves to this time last year, it's not a fair comparison. You know, yes, you know, the big headlines are that we're down 49% in transactions. Uh, we know that last year this time, uh, the state of the market was completely different. Uh, it was a record-breaking year, and we should stop comparing ourselves to that. I'm looking forward to what the statistics are going to look like come March, April, uh, when things were, uh, were normalizing at that point. Uh, I also wanted to kind of uh, go out with all the new listings. Uh, new listings are down, actually, in comparison to last year, but new active listings are up, and that's simply because uh, you know, because the market has slowed down and there are less transactions, more inventory is sitting out there. So right now we're looking at about two and a half months of inventory, which still benefits sellers a lot. And uh, because prices have stabilized now, it is really a good time to start looking at buying a house. Dean, in terms of uh, the interest rates, I mean, there's been a lot of hikes. It looks like it's settling down. What, what's your take on that? Um, well, yeah, they, they said they would, uh, you know, they were saying that they would do what they were going to do all year and they kept to their word. Um, I think going forward, I mean, it all depends on how inflation takes place. So I think if inflation starts to settle down a bit, I think they will hold back on, um, you know, raising rates. Uh, but it all depends on what the results of inflation is. So, I mean, good thing is you're seeing gas prices down a lot right now, which, uh, which will play a factor in inflation. Um, so it all depends on, on, you know, the next couple of months seeing how the, you know, see if, if inflation is, is stable where it's at, or if it goes up, if it goes up or it's stable, they'll probably do a few more increases. I mean, when it starts to drop, that's where we'll see some, uh, some results, right? Yeah. So in terms of uh, clients, uh, you know, how nervous are people that you're working with and, and what, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, you were a, a variable guy, what, what's the solution there? Well, you know what, I mean, nervous is, it's, it's relative. So, I mean, if people are in the market buying houses right now, then yeah, they have to get a mortgage. I mean, most people who buy houses today are getting mortgages. So it's all relative to that. I mean, the only thing I'm seeing more is that not a lot of people are refinancing right now um, because let's say they're in a really good rate and they in a fixed rate and they don't want to, you know, renew or refinance and get a, a much higher rate. So the refinance business, I think for me right now is, is, uh, is a bit slower. 
Um, the purchases are still are still coming in, uh, obviously not as much as they were earlier in the year, um, but that's all due to the sales. So um, overall, I still say, you know, I, I've been variable my whole life and uh, I'll still stick with it. I know it's been uh, a bad call in the last year, but uh, the only issue that I'll see going forward is, you know, some people who are in mortgages today that have to renew in 2023, that's right. I think the shock factor will come in um, because the payments will obviously be much higher. The only good thing is, though, is that when the government introduced the stress test a few years ago, most of these people qualified under the stress test. And that's basically where the five-year fixed rate is around now. So, I mean, they were qualifying at five and a quarter um, and getting these mortgages at 2%. So, I mean, I don't think we're going to see um, a no-holds-bar here where, you know, everyone's like pandemonium where everything's going to go power sale here. Because, sure, that all the all the people that are qualified in the mortgages have already qualified at a much higher rate than they have. So, that's comforting to know. Um, that I don't see us going into a housing overload where, you know, um, people are just turning their keys in. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Charles, you're, you're talking about, uh, you know, fewer listings, but, but that means, you know, everything has to be a lot more specific. It, it's not a, um, uh, I don't want to say fire sale, but it, it's not the, the market it was before, but, but that just means that you have to, I mean, a real estate uh, representative will, will have to work harder. Yeah. The, um, the, the process remains the same uh, for us who, uh, who are real estate uh, brokers and, and, and salespeople. Uh, however, uh, I think the consumer is really well educated. Uh, they know what value is. Um, I, a friend of mine just recently talked about uh, there are two ways of buying real estate. There's, you can buy real estate uh, with your brain or you can buy it with your heart. And I think the people that you know, are buying real estate uh, to, to, you know, you know, they're, they're trying to buy their home. They're trying to buy a home for their family. They're trying to, you know, create a better life uh, lifestyle. So this, this, is, this, is, this still remains true today. And for people that are looking or sitting on the fence uh, and, and, and thinking about it, uh, my recommendation to them right now is to, is to reach out, uh, not just to myself. Uh, you, you might know a real estate agent, but if you don't, yeah, you're free to give me a call. But, uh, you know, let's, let's start looking and let's start uh, making arrangements. And people like Dean, I need people like Dean because <laughs> I can't buy you uh, your dream home without uh, a mortgage approval. So uh, let's get the process started and let's see what we can get out there. Yeah, process is key. So, so Dean, uh, you know, if somebody's just even mildly thinking about it, they need to, you know, it's, it's like training for something. You need to get in shape, right? So, so what yeah. kind of financial advice do you, do you have for them to, to shape up that way? Well, you know what, when you, you know, so when you get a referral, let's say from Charles Park, you know, I have a client that's looking to buy. First thing you got to do is always get them pre-approved. Pre-approval is um, absolute, in my opinion, necessary for uh, first-time home buyers or any buyer who's not sure what they can afford. This way they can go out confidently and shop for a property um, and, you know what, and, and not get turned away from the bank. Another thing I always say that I've seen a common common uh, problem going on lately is sometimes what people will do is they'll get a, uh, purchase a property, get the you know, and, and during the period of uh, you know, uh, uh, I guess escrow you want to call it, the um, you know the broker or the bank will wait to do the appraisal until later on. I always say when you get the mortgage approval from your lender, always get the appraisal done immediately. Um, this way, there's no issues with uh, you know value on the houses, especially at this time, right? Yeah, and, and Charles, uh, for those that are thinking of of uh, selling and and you know and purchasing, obviously if you sell, you have to buy something. I mean, you have to get that house in shape, don't you? Yeah, you know uh, the condition of the home matters more now than it really ever has been. Uh, we obviously uh, prepare our sellers 
uh, when they hit the market so that the first impression is the right impression. Uh, you can no longer just, uh, you know, last year this time, uh, it didn't matter what the house looked like as long as you got the house. And that's uh, a lot of the advice that the real estate agents were given, uh, giving their clients. Now it's completely the opposite. Uh, if, it, if it's in tip-top shape, it's going to sell. Uh, we like to do pre-inspections on a lot of our listings. And uh, that pre-inspection report will be made available to uh, uh, the prospective buyers so that they can feel confident in the, in the property that they're buying. And for those properties that don't have inspection reports uh, available to them, you know what, now is the time to buy because you've got time. Uh, you know, we're not seeing the multiple offers that we saw in the past. So now you can put in a condition on financing, put in a condition on inspection, and you can actually be absolutely sure that the house is in the condition that you're buying it in and that it's what you want. Okay, let's end on this. I'll ask the same question to both of you. This is a do not do. One thing, Dean, financially, do not do this. What would you advise people? Do not purchase a property without getting a pre-approval in place. Oh, I like that. And, and uh, Charles, for, for uh, you know, for real estate, uh, what would you say do not do this? Well, I would say do not use uh, people that are not experienced in what you're trying to buy. Uh, I did recently... Uh, have a complaint from a customer who, uh, not one of my agents, fortunately, but uh, they they did not understand the product that they were buying, and they unfortunately had to close on it, and now it looks like it's uh, going to be going to court. Wow. Okay, so just uh, really, in both cases, get everything in order. Guys, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Hope you have a great holiday season. Thank you. You too, Jimmy. Thanks, guys. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean or go to SafeBridgeFinancial.com or give him a call, 416-885-1761. Let's talk about advanced planning, your life, your say, your tribute, and your way. Turner and Porter Funeral Directors, let's start a conversation. Visit TurnerPorter.com. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes Guy, no guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the final edition of Yes Guy, No Guy for 2022. Go ahead, sir. You are really super excited about the final of the World Cup. Absolutely, Guy. This is going to be great. And I'm going I'm to follow this up with my own Yes Guy, No Guy. You already know who will win the World Cup. No, I don't know who is going to win. Ask me who I want to win. Guy, who do you want to win? Argentina. Yeah. Okay. I, I want France to I win. Want so Messi, I want Messi to go out with like a grand celebration because he won't be he won't be around for the next World Cup. I want France to win, so one of us will be right. That's how we play this game. Yes, yes guy. guy, no guy. Uh, from here, as twenty twenty two enters the final couple of weeks. You actually have more optimism for the Leafs than you do for the Raptors. Yes, guy, that's that's a no-brainer. Come on, guy, you know the answer to that one. Oh, okay, guy. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Yes, guy, no, guy. You're going to be receiving a present from me any day now. I hope so, guy. I hope so. Come on, I'm guy. The answer, you know the. Let's <laughs> not trick the the audience. You know the answer. I know the answer. Yes, guy. That was all set up. Well, that was, yes, that was, I know, guy. I'm getting a present from you. No, guy. Oh, <laughs> I, get, I give you a present all year long, and you yes, know what you that do. is. Yes, you do. Thank you very much. Um, yes, guy, no, guy. 
The year 2022 was actually fairly predictable at the championship level. Um, no, guy. That's a kind of a complicated question. Well, that's Nothing a yes or a no. No. Okay. Well, I disagree with you. I think a lot of the uh, the finals, you know, when you go through it, Golden State, Rams, uh, the Abs, uh, who am I missing? The Astros, the Argos. I think the Argos, the Argos weren't really that much of a surprise to me. But anyway, we'll end on this. Perry, hope you have a great holiday season and happy new year and all the best in 2023. We'll be back. Yes, guy. Thank you, guy. And we'll end on this. Yes, guy.